So this past Thursday night, we had our first interest information meeting of the Adventure School that we're uh, starting this summer. So the first destination is going to be the Andes Mountains, Andes Mountain Adventures. And uh, we're really excited about this. It was an awesome time. Jim Hill was there. And, uh, you know, Jim, he's always got pictures and uh, lots of stories to tell. Some of you guys have been to these, some of these places or nearby, I guess, because I saw your picture. But um, basically, I don't know if these candidates know this that were there, but we're, we're looking to raise up a team of revivalists for this generation. And uh, so if you're graduating from high school in the spring, uh, in your 20s, you know, um, pray about being involved here and just see us afterwards. But uh, this is going to be an exciting time. We're going to do six weeks of a school in the supernatural. And uh, then we're going to head off in mid-July up to Argentina, down to Argentina, up to the Andes Mountains. And uh, one of the things I'm most, well, one of the things I'm most nervous about is one of the villages we're going to is 15,000 feet, Jim said. Which, let's just put it to you this way, base camp at Everest is 17,000 feet. So, uh, <laughs> and, and we'll be, she's not going on that trip, but um, she had her uh, high elevation adventure in China. Anyway, um, so, but one thing I'm most looking forward to is the pictures from the eyeglass clinics. Because the mercy ministry that God's given his heart missions and that we'll be involved with is, is eyeglasses for people. And, um, you know, to put eyeglasses on a schoolgirl's face that couldn't see the blackboard is just an incredible experience. Or for an older lady who can't thread her knitting needle for the first time in a long, long time for her to be able to see to do that. What an incredible opportunity. Just to give you a little glimpse, this village just got a road to the village, to the outside world, eight years ago. So, huh? It's, well, this semi-road. This is what they term a road. Yeah. So anyway, pray for us. We're really excited about it. Franny Dilly's going to be involved with us. Jeremy Hodge is going to be involved with us. Some others to come. So it's going to be an awesome time. Did you want to say anything? Yeah. I mean, he described the outreach phase, but there is, I'm just so pumped and excited because I just think the Lord is really going to do a lot in the team coming, getting ready, all the people that Bob Jones, different people that are going to share and, and Byron and Becky and, and we're, it's just going to be an awesome time of really getting some foundations just laid in our lives and just being set to be sprung forth into the rest of your lives and that revival culture. So, yeah. All right. Good deal. All right. Um, you know, this past Monday, we commemorated, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And uh, as we were doing that in this, this whole week, I began to think about another African-American man from around the turn of the century that as much as we owe to the legacy of Dr. King, we owe just as much to the legacy of Dr. Seymour. Because... I would venture to say that we might not be sitting in this room worshiping in quite the same way that we are if it wasn't for a, uh, a one-eyed black man in Houston, Texas, in around 1905, meaning he had lost sight in one of his eyes. He was blind in one eye, and that's his picture right there. In 1905, he was working in a hotel in Houston, Texas, and he heard about a, a Dr. Charles Parham that was holding some meetings who was a white preacher. And just 
because of the uh, segregation of the day, he was not allowed to attend those meetings. But this guy did not allow segregation, intimidation, and discrimination to, to damp down his spiritual hunger and thirst. He was so hungry and so thirsty for God that he sat at the door and listened through a crack to gain an impartation from that man. And he heard things from Dr. Parham like, John the Baptist says that Jesus, the one that comes after me, is going to do more than baptize with water, but he's going to baptize with the Holy Ghost and fire. And then in Acts chapter 2, that that's a manifestation of that, and speaking in tongues. So it's interesting because... You know, Steve had no idea that I was going to talk about this this morning, but, you know, it's interesting that he invited people to receive that gift. Because honestly, this is one of our forefathers spiritually. Okay, this man paved a way, and so he took that revelation to Los Angeles, California, long story short, opened up in what was, had previously been used as a horse stable, opened up some meetings that had grown out of the house, and began to have a manifestation of the Lord's presence like had not been seen in a really, really long time. In fact, they were seeing things like a cloud of God's glory for three years was there. It was so tangible that stories of little children, I've read this book of little children at the time, who said that you could literally move the cloud around with your hand, just like the fog. There were 13, 14-year-old boys that said they played hide-and-seek in the glory cloud. Okay, come on. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, I've shared these stories before, but just as a refresher, you know, and people walking by who had no idea what was going on in that building called the fire department because there were flames on the building shooting up from the building. I mean, not since Exodus 28 through 33 the Lord coming down as a fire on Mount Sinai. See, people thought that that was just a manifestation a long time ago. But God came in glory in such a way. You know, so I really wanted to just remember and commemorate, as we're talking about revival, William Seymour. What an awesome thing, huh? And uh, Byron started a couple of weeks ago. We're kind of doing this little series on preparing for revival and I think he gave us two really good keys the week before last, your night seasons. How many people remember that one? Really activating, like being in your nights. And then last week he was talking about the blood of Christ and your imaginations and applying the blood. You remember that paintbrush of the blood onto your minds and that sort of thing. So this morning here for just the next few minutes, just until about 3 o'clock, I just want to talk about the... I just want to talk about revival just for a few minutes, and uh, I, just, I just have this sense that the Lord really wants to stir some things up in us, you know? But here's the key. I can't make this happen, and you can't make this happen. In a sense, we're all in revival since our hearts were born again, okay? But we all know that God comes upon us in these seasons for a purpose, Okay, and so for the last about 10 days, my prayer has just been this. Lord, this is the long version of the prayer. Lord, whether I feel it or not, send revival and let it start with me. Because I just figure this. I didn't do anything to get saved. I didn't earn it. And I can't earn God bringing revival into my heart either. So if you're waiting till you earn it or until you're good enough or until you deserve revival, 
That's not the Bible. He paid the price so that we can go free. Our righteousness is found in Him, not in us. And besides that, He said, I will freely give to anybody who asks in my name. So I just figure, well, if I just ask for revival, eventually revival is going to be going to start sweeping through my heart. So if you want to, why don't you just join me in that prayer right now? Just put your hand over your heart and just pray this prayer after me. Lord, send revival and let it start with me. Lord, send revival and let it start with me. Yeah. You know, I heard a story recently of a woman in our church who was having such intense encounters with the Lord that she literally couldn't leave her house one day. And I know this, that's a good day. And I know this lady very well, and she is not a slack worker. So it's not that she just didn't feel like going to work or whatever that she needed to do. The Lord's presence was on her so intensely that she had to remain. And I'm going to go ahead and step out on a limb here. I know this is kind of one of those be careful what you ask for things. But I'm so convinced that the fruits of revival in our church and in our lives will be well worth it. That I'm looking forward to the day when I can't leave this building. Not that that's all that revival is. Revival is much more than good meetings. That's important. But I'm looking for a day... Like, do you realize that in the 1730s in a very staunch, conservative, congregational church in Massachusetts, very stuffy, very, you know, cane the kids if they're laughing in church, you know, whatever. People were frozen on the floor for seven days, could not be moved. People were crawling around the pews barking like dogs. The pastor's wife was serving very distinguished guests in her home and went out under the power of God in her soup. <laughs> Sounds crazy, I know, but do you realize that the fruits of that kind of manifestation of the Spirit of God resulted in the freedom that we enjoy today? The American Revolution. You know, a long time ago, I was talking about, I believe General George Washington, our nation's first president, if you look at his birth and where he was born in, in Virginia, his parents were well of age to be very impacted by the Great Awakening. I believe he was a great, he was a second generation, a child of the Great Awakening. Tell me why else he could ride through battle. And you know that story, he got shot, he had like 17 bullet holes in his jacket coat when the battle was over and never was harmed. Tell me why he could, he could, he could cross the Delaware River under the, the cloud, the, the fog that came in that hid them from the British Army. Tell me why we should be able to beat the greatest military force in the history of the planet. It was the interaction of Almighty God through the Great Awakening. And you know, my government class and I, we debate like the economy and the stimulus package and Obamacare and all these things. And, you know, I was just telling them, listen, guys, here's the bottom line. You know what our government needs to get us out of this economic fix? We need a revival. We need the Spirit of God. Because just like whales, when God moves, things change. Things happen. 
That's what we need. Now, for some of us, when I even mention the word revival, you, listen, you think about the prophet 25 years ago, or you know the pastor just last week, and there's this little tinge of, well, maybe, you know. I want to address that here. As I was, uh, in just a minute, as I was just spending just really a great time with the Lord early this morning, my dad gave me his wood stove. I installed this wood stove. It's all toasty in my house. I'm just sitting there before the kids wake up. And I'm meditating over this thing stirring in my heart about revival, and the Lord just speaks very clearly to me. He says, Simeon and Anna. I said, Simeon and Anna? What does Simeon and Anna have to do with revival? Well, let's look at Luke 2. Somebody's getting it. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. You see, here was a man who was, what was he actively doing? He was waiting, wasn't he? He was waiting. Is there anybody in here who's had to wait on the Lord? How many people have waited for a long time? That's good. How many people have waited for a long, long time? Okay, I won't keep going with that. Long, long, long time. Sometimes waiting on God is much longer than we would like, isn't it? I mean, I talk about these guys a lot, but just think about Abraham and Sarah whenever you think about waiting, right? You're going to have a baby. When? Waiting is not an easy thing to do. But here's a guy who's waiting for Israel's redemption. He's waiting for the promised Messiah. And the Lord says, you're going to see this in your lifetime. And then you've got Anna the prophet, whose name means grace. And Anna is sitting there fasting and praying, an intercessor, waiting for the promised Messiah. Again, the same thing, a male and a female. And the Lord said, Matthew, the reason why it's Simeon and Anna is this is what y'all, he speaks Southern. He said, this is what y'all are doing, waiting for a manifestation of the Lord. You're waiting for a fulfillment of the promises. You're waiting for the prophecies to be fulfilled. Because see, William Seymour said in approximately 1910 that what happened at Azusa Street is going to happen in a hundred years. Okay? Only this. The glory cloud would be much stronger than they ever experienced. And they saw nubs, like arms that had been severed by the railroad, they saw them grow out in front of their eyes in the glory cloud of God. It's going to be much stronger than that, and it's going to be widespread, instead of just centered in one location. Well, what do you do with that when you hear it? I feel like what we do with it in our heart is we say, Yes, Lord. Lord, let us be the people. Because here's the thing about waiting, and Byron's talked about this in terms of like the end times, especially, is even if we're not the generation, 
that sees something that we're waiting for, believing for, somebody in your family tree will be a part of that generation. So what's a greater spiritual inheritance that you could pass on to your children than a revival inheritance? Than a granddaddy or grandmother or a great-grandfather who passed on a legacy whose heart thirsts and longs for revival. Whose heart thirsts and longs for a manifestation of the promises of God to come to pass. David wrote some great stuff. I want to read the 85th Psalm here, an excerpt from it. Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will listen to what God the Lord will say. He promises peace to His people, His saints, but let them not return to folly. Surely His salvation is near. Those who fear Him, that His glory may dwell in our land. Now let me just stop right there. His glory does dwell in our land. His glory is dwelling in our land. His glory will continue to dwell in our land. Um, Sarah was telling me last Thursday night she went to the Holy Ghost Girls meeting. And during the course of that meeting, she began to see these bright lights in the room. And eventually they all combined to form this really bright light. She said, it was weird. I almost felt like, is there something wrong with my eyes? I felt like I needed to squint. It's like, wow, that's, that's wild. Then Monday, she was preaching in our chapel service at MCA which, by the way, I think the paint was literally coming off the walls. And uh, anyway, I saw I had a similar thing happen. I wasn't thinking about, but all of a sudden I thought it must be like orbs of like angels or something I was seeing. But all of a sudden they formed into a great light. And it was like, man, who turned the lights up in here? And I was telling Byron about that, and he goes, that's the Father's presence. That's the Father's, that's the glory of the Lord. So it's wonderful when we can get a reminder of that. That the, glory's, the glory of the Lord remains our habitation. Let me go on to the next verse. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth. And righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord will indeed give what is good and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. These are all fruits of the glory of the Lord. These are all fruits of the move of the Lord that our hearts are longing for. Now, I came across this really great passage in Exodus 29. It's just two verses, but in this passage, the Lord is speaking to the Israelites about the tabernacle and their tent of meeting. I just wanted to look at that for a second because I think it's a really good reminder, reflection. This shall be a continual burnt offering throughout your generations at the door of the tabernacle of meeting before the Lord, where I will meet you to speak with you. And there I will meet with the children of Israel, and the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory. Who's the tabernacle now? We are. Who is the tent of meeting? We are. The glory of the Lord has been revealed in us. Christ in us. He's the hope of our glory. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. 
Psalm 27 is, uh, I just can't get out of this psalm because it's just a revival psalm. I just encourage you, if you haven't in a while, just go back and read through and meditate on the whole thing. It'll just really bring, breathe life into your soul. Um, you know, it goes from the Lord is my light, my salvation, whom shall I fear, all the way through to the one thing have I, have I sought to be in the house of the Lord, and so on and so forth. But I want to jump down to the last two verses. And this kind of reiterates what I was saying about, about waiting. David says this, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I mean, think about all that David went through. He went through being chased down and hunted like an animal and almost killed on several occasions to himself struggling with the sin of committing adultery and murder, right? So which is worse, the outward sin someone does to you or the inward sin that you do yourself? I don't know. They're both really bad. And how many people know that in any situation you might feel like giving up? You might feel like, well, I just don't know. Well, I don't know. Can I get another job? Well, I don't know. You know, whatever. But King David encouraged all of us. He said, listen, I would have lost heart unless I believed this one thing. I will see the glory of the Lord before I die in the land of the living. And let me remind you that that's the same goodness it's when Moses was standing in the, in the glory of the Lord and his prayer was, show me your glory, Lord. And what did the Lord say? I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. That Hebrew word for goodness that God used there is the same Hebrew word that David used here in the 27th Psalm for goodness. It's a synonym of his glory. What is God's glory? It's his goodness. How many people want the goodness of the Lord? Come on. Are you guys okay? My father-in-law likes to watch T.D. Jakes. So I was watching T.D. the other day, and I was telling Byron, I was like, Byron, you're going to have to try this out, you know, because here's what T.D. does. His whole church is going berserk, you know, as he's preaching. He was like, nobody wants to hear what I'm saying. And everybody's like, ah, you know. He's like, I wish I could get a witness up in here, you know. The whole church is like, ah, you know. I was like, Byron, you have to try that out. Are y'all Okay. Because, you know, every preacher's got his gimmicks, you know. you got to elicit a response, you know. If you could just do it like TD, you know, it would, just, it would be awesome. But, you know, he's the expert. I love that. I wish somebody... <laughs> oh, man. But check out verse 14. David says this, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. How many times did he say wait in that one scripture? Twice. He repeated himself. Wait on the Lord. And I just feel like that's kind of the season that we're in right now. The winds of God are blowing. No doubt about that. But what we're doing is we're positioning ourselves. We're positioning ourselves for that thing that's coming. And I'm just going to tell you this. The leadership of this church under Byron's leadership, 
We're doing everything we can right now to position our church in a place for revival. We're, we're cutting off anything that we feel like isn't what God wants to do, and we're starting new things like adventure schools and stuff. We're restructuring our school of ministry in the fall. We're doing stuff like that. Uh, we had, you know, like our healing rooms, we only had one person come Thursday. Some people would say, well, you might want to shut that thing down. That's a has-been. Me and Marla are like, no, oh no. We're not shutting that down because revival's coming and when revival comes, there will be a line out on the highway for the... I mean, every room in this building will have to be a healing room. Can I get a win? Oh, no, no. Nobody wants to hear what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, man. That's just too much fun. Can you imagine preaching at the Potter's house? Byron? Man, come on. <laughs> Positioning ourselves. Honey, come on up here. She, she want to say something about that. I just felt like the Lord woke me up this morning and he was just saying, I'm coming and it's for your whole life. There are things that the Lord wants to do and it is going to be, we are, in meetings, we are going to experience the presence of the Lord in such a, ma- a powerful way. But what it, he is intentioning to do is, going to infect our whole lives um donna said that i could share this donna shared at the holy ghost girls the other night and one of the things that the lord i mean the lord has been visiting her she's had just awesome encounters with the lord recently and one of the things the lord came and said was there was there was an area in her life and and most of the time she was 98 percent she was good with it you know But there was 2% that she wasn't totally good with it, you know. And the Lord came to her and said, Donna, I'm coming for that other 2%. You know, and and that was what the Lord had already been speaking to me was, Lord, that this is for your every area of your life. And, And the Lord had really told Matthew for our, spoke that word to us, it's time to position yourself for our, for us personally, but I feel like it's it's for everybody, you know. It's like he's told him, don't think too much, just position yourself to receive. And because a lot of times if you have things that the Lord wants to work on it's, or things that he wants to adjust in your life, you can have your own ideas of how he's going to do that. You know what I mean? But what the Lord is saying, don't do that. Don't think too much. Just position yourself to receive. And, and one of the things I've been asking the Lord, okay, how do you position yourself? Like, how do you really do that? One thing I think is one thing we're doing, I mean, I, I feel like there's spiritually a way, but, but I think he's coming to give us spiritually downloads that are going to be real things in your life. He's going to say, okay, do this. Don't do this. Adjust this. Adjust that. And it's really going to, it's his kingdom being established in our lives. And one of the things I think for our church is the Lord's told us to turn the church. Turn it. That's one little thing we're being obedient in to position ourselves for the Lord to come and do what he wants to do. Well, one of the things I felt like the Lord just showed me recently for positioning ourselves is, is that is that scripture that says, present yourself as living sacrifices to the Lord. 
And I just feel like the Lord's saying, you just need to present yourself to me, all of you, and I'll come do it. It's saying, Lord, here's my mind. Come do what you want to do in my mind. Wash my mind. Renew my mind. Lord, here's my mouth. You know, come bridle my mouth. Do what you need to do in my mouth. I only want life to be released here, not death. I realize there's power in this tongue. So, Lord, I'm asking you, I am laying, I'm presenting, I'm positioning myself here before you, and I'm asking you, come do your work in my mouth. You know, Lord, here's my eyes. I'm presenting my eyes to you. Whatever you want to come before my eyes. If there's something that you don't want there, quicken my spirit. Let me adjust to you. You know, here's my heart, Lord. If there's things you need to heal in my heart, if there's things you want to set free, here's my heart. Here's my hands. You know, here's my feet. Here's my whole self. I'm positioning myself before you at your throne. And I'm saying, possess me, Holy Spirit. Possess me, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Possess us, Holy Spirit. That we might be ready. That we might be ready. That when that influx of what you're doing, that power comes, that I'll be in such a way, that I'll be so ready, that I'll be positioned to receive and to be a vessel for you. To be a vessel because it's your whole life. It's your your health. It's your um, emotions. It's your um, relationships. It's your finances. It's every area. It's saying, okay, you might be good with 98%, but I'm coming for that other 2%. If you will just do this, present it before me. Don't think too much. Position yourself to receive from me wisdom, revelation, downloads from the heavenly realm, wisdom from on high saying, okay, adjust this, adjust this. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom be established in us. Amen. Amen. So let's do this. Everybody stand. And uh, we're going to have a Holy Ghost girl come up here and pray for us. We actually have a person in our congregation whose family has ties back to the Azusa Street Revival. So, um, Hannah, will you come up here? And uh, before she starts praying, too, I just want to throw out there, um, I just got a couple words of knowledge early this morning. Um, The first of those was thyroid disease. Does anybody have thyroid issues? Okay, several people. Receive this this word of the Lord this morning. The Lord says He's healing you. Amen? So I want to pray for you here in just a minute. And then also um, uh, eating disorders. Anybody with eating disorders or want to stand in for somebody with eating disorders? That's I just felt these things, I mean, strongly this morning. So as we're praying, please come up and let me pray for you. I just, Hannah didn't know I was going to ask her that, but when I prayed for Hannah, I put my hands on her this morning. I felt like the Lord told me that she has a kindredness in her spirit to revival. And the Lord reminded me, her dad, her granddaddy, she comes from pastors in your line, granddaddy or daddy, yeah, that go back to the Azusa Street Revival, Alfred Gar. She is named after Alfred Gar's uh, wife, Hannah. 
And so I feel like she can release this morning. She's carrying DNA. I believe she can just quickly lay hands on us this morning and release this revival fire afresh. Yeah, she's, she's got it. I just think we have a treasure with us. So uh, what we want to do is let her just, uh, just walk through because this is a lot of people. Yeah, just it's a lot of people, but you can. Um, I think the best thing is to let people just. If you want to go down the line or just start down there, start down there. Yeah, Amen. Thank you, Lord. I'm sorry. <laughs> y'all thought y'all were in the hot spot. You weren't. So she's just gonna go down the line. This is Hannah Stutz. So um, just 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 go for it. Thank you, Lord. We're just asking you, Lord, to release. That revival DNA, Lord, we believe that Hannah is carrying that DNA this morning. Lord, we just release it in and through her hands this morning. Thank you, Lord. Woo, I'm feeling it already. Do I feel that? Wow. Woo, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just come. Thank you, Lord. Woo. Yeah, Lord, we are crying out. Lord, this is what we, I just am hearing this phrase. We will not stop crying out to you because you hear us every time Lord God every time you hear us Lord God we will not stop crying out for revival in this church Lord God because we know you hear us every time we cry out Lord God thank you Lord that the embers are beginning to burn again here Lord we believe you for revival we believe you for salvation Lord for people getting saved healed and delivered Lord God in this revival Lord God we are believing you for that Lord we are believing for a brand new release out of heavens Lord for revival Lord God we are believing you for it Lord we'll not stop crying out you hear us every time every time Lord oh thank you Lord let it burn let it burn let it burn let it burn Lord God